Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, Offering supplies and solutions for every industry. With 24-7 support and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everybody, it's Sam with Pro Wrestling Overtime. And as the episode title says, we're going to be talking about the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, as I said on the Raw Women's Championship, why do we have to have women's in there? Um, on SmackDown... The men's title is called the Universal Championship, the Universal title. They don't say the men's Universal title, because it has a completely different name than the women's title, because that's called the SmackDown Women's Championship. Why can't it just be the SmackDown Championship? I don't know. It's things I ponder at uh, 5.15 in the morning. I, again, have been up all night. But anyway, this episode um, generates a lot of feelings for me as far as me getting aggravated, irritated, wanting to throw couch pillows at the wall, the TV, wherever. Um, and when I really get going about the semi this topic, I want to bang my head into the wall. So much so that a couple of episodes ago, I did a whole episode on the first uh, part of it was Bianca Belair, getting to know her, how we didn't know her how they basically screwed up her storyline and they set her up way less than what she could have been, should have been, and what she deserved. In the second part, I describe how they should have booked Bianca Belair. Not only talking about Bianca's booking, but if you change one thing, you've got to change so much other. And so it evolved, obviously, the top four ladies on SmackDown, and also Natty. Um, but mostly was about Bianca, Carmella, Bailey, and Sasha Banks. Speaking of Carmella. Where the hell is she? What closet does Bruce Pritchard put her in? I know she is not in catering. 
because they don't have wine in there. Um, and from listening to her podcast, which I'm going to plug right now, bear with us, uh, where Corey Graves and Carmela become their true selves, Matt and Leah, and actually talk about their life, their relationship, give advice, and just flat out be hilarious. And I have to say it, just in case Matt listens to this, I love Leah singing. Please don't make her stop. Now, if I was you and had to listen to it 24-7, I probably might want to make it stop. But since you guys only do hour-long podcasts once a week, I don't mind her singing. Anyway, getting back on track. I talk about how they set Carmella out for basically six months, bring her back with a new gimmick, and completely destroy it from January to now. How they couldn't think up a storyline from February till now for one of the greatest women's wrestlers right now. And that's Bailey. She hasn't wrestled since like the third week of February. Are you serious? If she's not injured, she doesn't want time off to spend with her family. Guys, you're telling me you can't come up with a storyline, a program for Bailey or Carmella? Um, some heads need to roll. And I'm being serious. Some people need to be let go or transferred. If they can't write for those two, then why are they writers? But anyway, like I said, did a whole episode on that. I'm going to try very hard not to vent and not to get on anything that is in that episode. Let's talk about the match tonight. But in order to talk about the match tonight, we have to talk about the build. It was one thing, I guess, in the late 90s, 2000s, probably up to, I'm going to guess, 2012, 2013. If you want to know the answer, write Dave Metzler. But I really think the fans of that era, that 20-year period, They followed wrestling religiously. They watched every single show. They got on the internet and searched topics, searched people, searched all of that. I think now with streaming services, with so much to do, Even small towns have things to do. Um, Also, if you have kids and they're involved in sports or band or show choir, you've got commitments like that. 
And I don't know that Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, and Bruce Pritchard have wrapped their heads around that. Because since AEW and COVID, they've lost some fans, but they've also gained either older fans that are coming back because they're inside their house, or younger fans that maybe heard something cool was on. Whether it be Bad Bunny or whoever, they are tuning in. The problem with that is, when you do a storyline like you're doing tonight with Bianca and Bailey. There's a little bit of a tendency that you skipped about, I don't know, six months between the story. Um, That is not long-term storytelling. Because, see, the whole key of long-term storytelling is if you're going to tell it over a six-month to a year period they still have to touch. They have to, and by touch, I don't mean physically. I mean, their characters have to interact. They need to see each other in the hallway, reminding people there's bad blood still between us. They did a fairly decent job of that from... I guess November, until Royal Rumble. She was actually, uh, meaning Bianca, the one to send Bailey out. They never truly touched afterwards. Why they didn't have a Bianca Turning to Bailey, sucking up to her to try to get information about how to defeat Sasha after she made her choice, but Bailey not trusting her and feeling like somehow she was going to screw her over. And we still saw Bailey's semi commitment to Sasha, but also her wanting Sasha to lose. I don't understand from Royal Rumble to now why that didn't happen. Bailey's range and how she has grown since the pandemic has been unbelievable. And I know all of you are thinking, oh, you mean because she turned heel. No. I'm going to tell you, I said it on Instagram. I meant it. I probably should have said it everywhere. I'm saying it here. Go back to Friday Night Smackdown. She shows up on the big screen from satellite, like she said. I don't a bit more believe that she was in another state or another city if my life depended on it because she's got a match today. 
why would you not fly in, do SmackDown, stay Saturday, and work Sunday? Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But she shows up on the big screen. Watch that promo that her and Bianca cut against each other. But don't always watch or even listen, basically, to Bianca. Concentrate solely on Bailey. Because, I'll tell you, I was watching it, and I was watching both of them, and I was listening, and I was playing with my phone. But, um, it caught me. And you guys know I don't like watching commercials, so even though I'm technically watching it live, I'm really not, because I let it go for about a half an hour, 45 minutes, and I usually catch up by the the main event, fast forward and through commercials. But something caught me, and I hit the rewind button. And I watched it through, and I thought, that is amazing. And I meant it. My friends looked at me like it was crazy. But if you go back and watch that four or five minute clip, shirts on YouTube or WWE.com or somewhere, you see. What Bailey has been working on forever, but I think she's probably been concentrating on definitely since the pandemic. You see the range, and by that I mean we see the obnoxious Bailey starting out, the maniacal laughter that always shocks Bianca, even though she's heard it I don't know how many times. Then we hear and see Bianca basically cut her by talking about the Bella Twins rolling her down the ramp. And this is the range and the reason why you have to actually watch Bailey in this clip. You will see for about a second, two seconds, her face changes. And you see the shock, oh my God, Bianca really brought that up, to the confusion of, does she really think she can get away with that with me to the embarrassment that the fans must have. Then you see her change and she lashes out at Bianca. But then you see her change again. Because instead of getting angry, screaming, yelling, venting, threatening to come out and hurt her, or anything like that. You can almost see it pass through Bailey's mind. 
no, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to let her poke at me and get me completely upset. You see the serious side. So many of you said on Reddit and on Twitter that you couldn't believe Bailey was that serious. And I don't remember where, but there was even a comment made that they thought this was the first time they had ever seen Bailey be serious from NXT to now. Bailey turned very cool, calm, collected, serious, but had a look in her eye of you do not know what you just did. It was a evil, almost borderline psychotic look that should have been making Bianca Belair quake in her boots. But I don't know that she realized everything the fans did when Bailey went serious. And I thought that little four to five minute clip where you saw this whole range of emotions that were portrayed not only on her face, but using her voice, her laughing, and going up and down with her tone. And I thought, oh my gosh, how much better has she gotten in the last year and a half? She's grown so much. But then I got to thinking, because of the way Bianca, you know, responded, how Michael Cole and Pat McAfee responded, I thought they're kind of underrating Bailey. They really don't realize... Even when you start naming accomplishments, you turn them off. It's like Bianca. When she comes out and starts talking about she's the fastest, um, she's the smartest, she's, you know, all of the EST stuff. I can't even do it because I literally now just turn it off. I mean, they even have it on, like, the 3D thing when she comes out. Rolling with the big lips. Um, guys. I don't even pay attention to that more anymore. If I have my phone in my hand and she starts that, I just start scrolling. Same thing. Bailey doesn't do it as much. She doesn't really have to because Michael Cole does it. And when he starts in on... Grand cha- uh, Grand Slam champion, uh, held the tag titles twice, done this, done that. I have heard that, I don't know, 200 times maybe. I don't need to hear it anymore. What Michael Cole will say, but we have new viewers. Really, won't you tell somebody that or put together a video package of 
what they did last year when Bianca first came up and how they got into it then. And then you guys just totally dropped that storyline like it was hotcakes and put her into, I don't know even what you call it. It wasn't a storyline. It was complete and utter chaos with Sasha Banks. But again, that's that's the other episode. So when I hear Michael Cole going off on that, then a lot of times I start scrolling. I don't want to hear it every time. But here's the thing. I hear them talking and I'm like... They really are undervaluing and underrating what Bailey did last year during the pandemic along with Sasha Banks on SmackDown. Grabbing the tag team championships, allowing them to go to all three brands and help. Um... Sasha's feud with Oscar. I talk about that in the Oscar Rhea uh, Charlotte episode and what that did. Um, Bailey to me is not a throwaway character. You can't take what she means to the WWE universe from her time in NXT to her time to coming to main roster and her becoming the Grand Slam champion and then turning heel and mastering that over the last year, year and a half and becoming the SmackDown longest reigning champion and the tag team champion again. How can you act like she's a jobber? Because that's almost borderline what they're writing. That Bailey is not up to Bianca's level. Now, when they did the obstacle course in 2020, I understood what they were doing. Bianca had to be basically dominant. To prove that she was the EST and to get people on her side. But since around then, that's what I'm saying is they have shoved Bailey further and further down. Now, granted, she is not completely as far down as Carmella, and I do not know what Carmella did. Did she look at someone wrong? Because that's about the only thing I can figure out. To go from getting a brand new gimmick and displaying it and immediately jumping to the championship level and then disappearing is absolutely ridiculous. But I think what has been proven over the last five weeks, I'm not disrespecting her in any way, shape, or form. Please don't take it that way. 
I think Bianca proved what I said in the previous episode. She wasn't ready. Now, I think when we come to points in our life, we always think we're ready. Sometimes when we look back, we say, yeah, we were ready. Or sometimes we're like, yeah, I wasn't ready to do that. You know, I became the the youngest head coach in basketball in my state at 19 years old. That record was just broken two years ago. But I wasn't ready. Looking back on that now, I definitely wasn't ready. My first season was horrific. Um, not record-wise, we won. Uh, we only lost three game, or two games that year. But the year itself, because I wasn't ready, was horrific. And I think looking back on this five years from now, ten years from now, I think Bianca herself will self-evaluate and say, I wasn't ready. They didn't build her up enough. There were so many weeks between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania that she didn't wrestle, or if she did, she was Sasha's tag team partner. And because it was her and Sasha poking each other, or when they were tag teams, they were taking turns, she truly didn't get enough time on the mic. She got half the time in the ring. And she is doing her first title defense tonight. She's had the championship five weeks. She couldn't even have did any non-title matches. Are you serious? So I actually kind of feel sorry for her. WWE is doing her a huge disservice with how they have booked her character. They haven't truly told this story of Bailey Bianca, and I don't believe that it was supposed to go that way. They can't tell me that they've had this plan for six months. I think they're writing week by week. And I think this is why the story build up to this match tonight is god awful. The problem is, so was the WrestleMania story. And you can hear how I feel about that in a previous episode. But let's just say, Bianca for what she was given, the people that choreographed and made that match were unbelievable. Again, I mean no disrespect. She was led and carried through that match by Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks has the it factor and is a true storyteller in the ring. She made that match. And I know Bianca won. 
But when people look back 10 years from now, I think they forget that Bianca won. And I think they talk about Sasha Banks. Her selling in that was unbelievable. And I think that's what's going to happen tonight. Because I, I truly believe Bianca is not ready. I feel like Bailey probably has the weight of her the world on her. It's uh, 5.44 in the morning. I've been up all night. I, I don't know how well she sleeps. I personally would not be sleeping because I truly believe she has the weight of the world on her shoulders for the simple fact she has to pull off exactly what Sasha did. Is she capable? Definitely. Could she be better than Sasha? Yes. I firmly believe those two compete. They may be very close best friends. I still think they compete. Bianca has to give what she gave at WrestleMania. It will turn out to be a great match. Bailey is also great seller, great storyteller. But I think deep down she knows she has to carry this match tonight. That's a lot of pressure on someone that you haven't allowed to wrestle since the third week of February. And I can't help but think there'll be some cracks in that foundation. So, let's kind of get down to the nitty-gritty. Who do I think will win is different than who I think WWE picks to win. I think they allow both Roman and Bianca to keep their titles. Should they? No. If I get my way and I could get a red hotline to WWE, this is the swerve that I have happened. I have Bailey win. I have Bianca really startled. Unbelievable. You know, she can't fathom that anyone would beat her. Now, I don't know why she feels that way, because she got beat quite often down there in NXT and did not hold the title. But, again, different episode. However, I think you can save Bianca by introducing someone into this mix, which will allow you to continue this program. The problem is 
you, if you have three people in that program, that's three people, three of your top people, you're taking out of money in the bank that you possibly need some star power in. Because as much as I love Ruby Wright and Liv Morgan, they're not going to be the ones that could distract Bianca or Bailey. So who could distract them? Carmella. Grab her out of where where in the hell Bruce puts her. Take the duct tape off her hands and let her be a distraction. She's very good at it. And she's very good at getting involved in two matches. Now, I know who all of you want. If any of you want to make a bet, it's in the show notes or below this particular social media post that you found it. How to contact me. If any of you want to make a bet, I know who you think is going to disrupt them and distract them is Becky Lynch. Um, guys, it ain't happening. Yes, Becky has been working out. Yes, she's been teaching and working out with uh, the Brave and Black Academy students, the wrestling school students that Seth Rollins owns and works at. That doesn't mean you throw her in to backlash or that she's ready to come back for backlash. Who is the one that makes the most sense, though? Who is the tweener on SmackDown's roster that WWE seems to think is a babyface, not realizing she is a natural heel? And so, therefore, you put her in the middle of her personality, her real self, and I'm not putting her down. I'm not saying that that she is a mean person in real life or anything like that. But by making her want to go completely babyface, they're killing her. Who should come back and distract them? Who has a past with both of them in the last six months, seven months? Yes, it would be Sasha Banks. Will that happen? No, it shouldn't. Bailey should beat Bianca on her own. Yes, she may cheat. Yes, she may have some shenanigans. Yes, she may hold on to her hair while she beats every single part of the EST out of her. Um, she may even try to cut uh, Bianca's ponytail off I I don't know how you can tell that story I know how I would like to tell it but I am predicting that this is the swerve Vince number one likes hills if you can't tell that look at all the champions 
two. I don't know that Vince is teetotally convinced and ready to make Bianca someone that he can depend on. If you watch most people's first times as champions, you know, they're not going on any long-term streaks because Vince is itching to get that championship belt off of them because he doesn't quite know them, know them. And he doesn't, he's not 100% sure that he can trust them. The things Bianca Belair can do athletically, she is smart, and promo-wise, she just needs to gain even more confidence inside of her. If she had as much confidence that she portrays inside of her, her promos would be out of this world. But it's part of being new to the main roster, getting used to it. Everyone should expect, come July, August, when they go back to traveling, somebody has to take her under their wing and show her the ropes. But she's going to struggle for two, three months on the road, getting used to it, uh, figuring it out, figuring out how to do last-minute matches, uh, house shows where you go through the curtain and you think you had ten minutes and they're like, we're running behind, you got five, and so you're changing stuff up. But then the next night, you're back to 10, or maybe they have ran short and they say, make it 15. She is also going to have to struggle with her relationship while she's on the road. Her and Montez are on the same show. That's great, but... How do you work together? Do you travel together? Are you in the same car? Or do you need certain days where you're not in the same car? You know, when do you get the me time so that you can think about your character? You can go over how you want a match to go. You can talk to the person you're wrestling with. For her to grow, I hope WWE sees that vision and makes the realization that her having the championship during this time is going to be even more pressure, more stress. She's going to have more PR. She's going to have less time and she's not used to the road yet so like I said my wish Bailey wins tonight she stabilizes the championship She knows how it works. She knows the PR. She knows the dog and pony show that it goes with. 
And I'm not sure that when Sasha Banks comes back, she says, I want the, my championship back. But the true Sasha Banks has to make Bianca pay first. And that is your match. Your program that takes you through. Does Bailey have to keep it for 380 days? No. If you want to make her a two-month, three-month, four-month transitional champion, cool. Take the pressure, take the stress off Bianca for now. Let her get in to a program with Bailey with a true storyline or with Carmella with a true storyline or like I said with Sasha with a true storyline that runs six, eight weeks. They have maybe three or four matches. They don't have to be pay-per-view matches. To build her up in the eyes of the fans and whether it's the casual fan or whether it's the diehard, I just feel like they don't know Bianca. I've read too many comments over the internet. I've talked to too many of my friends. They know the EST lines. They don't know anything else really about her. And I think that comes with growth, maturity, and being on the main roster. And people finding out who you are. The other thing is, you can't hand her 50 losses while creating and expanding and her growing and maturing in her character. If you do, that's how you ruin people. And we've seen it too many times. It basically happened to Shayna Baszler, who was a teetotal monster badass in NXT, comes up and plays Luthathon. And they have all but destroyed her. They had to stick her in a tag team. She still takes pins that she shouldn't be taking in ways that don't make any sense. I don't want to see that happen to Bianca Belair. So, my prediction is Vince does turn to someone he trusts. Someone that he has seen over and over dealt obstacle after obstacle and has overcome it. Bailey has done anything that I've asked of her. And I think he turns to her. And I think Bailey wins tonight. Who should she take on afterwards? I don't know. I said in another episode, whoever she takes on, if it's a two-month or three-month program or whatever, she will lose the belt. 
Because either her or Sasha is going to Raw before the travel starts. Because Becky is coming to SmackDown to be with Seth. And I look for Naomi also to come to SmackDown and join the bloodline. And I actually look for Lana to come so that Naomi and Lana can fight with Tamina and Natty. They also like to have two horsewomen on each show. Sasha's off TV, so you got Bailey on SmackDown, you got Charlotte on Raw. When Becky comes back, she's going to be placed with Seth so they can travel together. So one of the other horsewomen, Sasha or Bailey, have to go join Charlotte. Don't forget about it. I'm calling it now because it may not even happen until late June or July. But mark my words, it will happen. You guys write me your predictions. And I know a lot of you are going to say Bianca retains. Hey, you have to tell me why. And you can't use the she hasn't had the belt long enough. Guys, there's been people that have had the belt like one day. Get real. So, you've got to tell me your predictions. Got to tell me why, how it happens and stuff. How you contact me, like I said, is in the show notes or in the social media post where you saw this episode. Please do not forget to subscribe to this podcast because I drop episodes anytime and all the time when I feel a topic come up. I do some reviews, but they're mostly topics, bookings, or me talking about a certain issue. And what I mean by that is, I think the name of the episode, it's about eight episodes ago, um, was about Andrade being... His first match back in June or July is going to be against Alberto Del Rio and how that should not be happening due to what he should be convicted of and what he has did in the past as per page of the domestic violence, the sexual assault, the kidnapping. And if you listen to that episode, you hear me take a stand on a topic concerning women's rights. And women should not be standing for this. And the wrestling business should back the women wrestlers and not stand for this. So, like I said, you want to hear more content content like this, subscribe so that you guys can wake up to these Wonderful episodes. You're going to get like uh, seven of them today alone. Maybe more. Anyway, I'll talk to you guys later. And I'll see you down the road. Shop on eBay this holiday season to get more. For your dough on stand mixers. Mm. Or get more. For your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more. <gasps> Ooh. 
Bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque.